Hey, this is Jeff Turner from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Now over to Jarrett, Mikey, and Paul. Kapaya! <laughs> What's up, Magic fans? I'm Mikey, and welcome to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Today is a Friday, the 24th of June, 2022. Uh, this is the post-draft uh, reaction podcast. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my friend from the Valleys, Geraint. Evening, mate. Good evening. How are we? Caught up in your uh, sleep I'm- yet? No, not really. I'm I'm surviving on four hours sleep. Uh, I think it was half two this morning. I went to sleep, and uh, then my little one was uh, going, "Mummy, mummy!" at six thirty this morning. So that's uh, yeah, four so hours, call- and I'm she- uh, surviving. Hang on, she calls you mummy. No, not me. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good start, is it? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to carry on. Connell, <laughs> how are you, mate? Yes, I'm all right. Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's worse reasons to have to stay up until 2.30 than watching the Magic pick number one overall in the draft. So even though we might be lacking sleep, we do wake up with Paolo Banchero. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this week we are joined by a friend of the show and host of The Sixth Man Show, our friend Jonathan Osborne. What's up, Jonathan? Thanks for joining us, man. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, super excited. Likewise, didn't sleep much last night. Didn't sleep much the night before last. So very, very tired. Uh, looking forward to, to going to sleep tonight pretty early and just you know maybe be able to relax a little bit tomorrow, but we'll see. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Well, you, you guys have been killing it. Over the last, likewise, like, uh, ever, ever since the uh, the draft lottery, you've had you've had a busy week hosting different events. Do you want to tell us more about what what you guys have been doing this week with that? Yeah, uh, uh, first of all, thank you for the kind words. You guys have have been killing it. Likewise, I've always been, I think, probably your guys' biggest fan over here in the states. And I think anyone that is a fan of the Magic should listen to us. They should listen to you guys as well. There's a ton of great Magic podcasts. Uh, this week, yeah, we partnered with uh, the Orlando Magic again and Michelob Ultra to kind of do like a pre-draft uh, tour. Uh, just had a few bars around the Orlando area. We were at uh, the Lodge in downtown Orlando Monday night. Uh, it was Cavo's Bar and Kitchen Tuesday night. And then Wednesday was Ollie's. Uh, Tuesday night, RJ Hampton came out. Wednesday night, I know G really missed out. Nick Anderson came out to us. I know that is his magic goat. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great to, to, to see those guys. I was there Monday and then Luke was there Tuesday. Kevin was there Wednesday, but a pretty good turnout. Um, you know, it's just all about trying to get the city excited about the team and excited for the draft. So, um, it was really, really fun. We had a great time last night at, at the Amway, uh, great reception for Paolo and just, uh, really confident in this team. Been talking to everybody about it. So excited, ready to get back to the playoffs and the finals and finally get our championship. Finally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let, let's dive straight into into why we're, we're here tonight. Uh, obviously, it's been five weeks since we've had all this speculation, smoke screens, rumours, endless debates about who the Magic should pick number one overall. Uh, they eventually went for Duke forward Paolo Banquero. I, I, think, well, I think we can all agree for several weeks, it certainly felt like a two-horse race 
between Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren on paper. It felt like Smith was going to Orlando, Holmgren was going to OKC, Bancaro to Houston. And on paper, it looked like those three players were a good fit for all three teams. But obviously we had the shift in, in betting odds that changed the last day or two before the draft. And then Bancaro was third favourite. And then the next minute, he's the favourite to go number one to the Magic. Um, so starting with Jonathan... You were obviously at the Amway Centre last night. You you had the draft. What you had the you know, like the pregame party, and then you were at the the Amway for the uh, for the draft watch party itself. So, what was your initial reaction to hearing Paolo's name being called, and what was the atmosphere like before and after? Yeah, so um, I guess like you kind of have to start with the the whole story. So again, like I said, I couldn't sleep. Uh, what was that Wednesday night? So the night before, mm-hmm. and around one two a.m all of a sudden Twitter is exploding and it's very rare for Twitter to start going crazy that time of the night. And you know, the, the odds are just shifting back and forth so much. It's like, what, what is happening? That's where a lot of the rumors came that Houston was potentially trying to trade up to number one to draft Paolo. So that morning Woj tweets, you know, he still firmly believes it's Jabari number one, Chet number two, Paolo number three. And then the odds shift all the way back to Jabari and people are like, oh, well, we got really excited, but now it just kind of seems like it's going to go the way that we thought it was. So I head into the draft, and even though I felt really strongly that it was Jabari, I was trying to go into it without any expectation because I knew mm-hmm. and we're putting together like a draft week vlog because we did some of those draft tours, and I, I recorded a video Monday morning. Um, I just had a funny feeling the pick was going to be Paolo, and I think I said it in that video. Just I thought this 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 front office was going to surprise us and and they did. But yeah, I, there was rumblings. It was going to be Paolo. People are talking about these tweets from Woj, you know, kind of all around us. And I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then it's Paolo. And I'm like, wow, they they're Paolo's the pick. And then we were like, well, wait a minute. Let's see if anything help happens with Houston. And we waited and we waited and waited and it's Jabari. And then the magic are making posts and they have the, pre- the, the press release. So it's, seemed very likely that it was Paolo. And now, of course, we know that it is. So I was I was surprised. I wasn't shocked. I totally understand yeah. how they came to the conclusion that Paolo was the number one guy. Yeah. Well, Paolo being a, a 6'10 forward, 250 pounds, versatile scorer, average 17 points a game, eight rebounds a game and, and three assists, shooting 34% from three last year for uh, for Duke. Uh, had a big season for them, probably, arguably the best player in college basketball. So uh, definitely excited. G, obviously we hosted last night's virtual watch party, which isn't the easiest thing to host because it's a little bit more difficult to get the same sort of excitement when we're all sat in front of our computer screens till 2.30 in the morning. But now you've had a bit of time to for it to sink in uh, and, and think about how Bankero's going to fit. How are you feeling now? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good now. Um, I won't lie. When, just like what Jonathan said, uh, we were, you know, thinking it was Jabari. As I mentioned, um, if you do want to go back and watch the watch party, um, we've got it on our YouTube channel. Um, so I was firmly uh, Team Jabari. I was a little bit shocked, as was everybody really, that, you know, Paolo was picked first. Um, but reading between the lines, uh, what people are saying today, looking at Bancaro, um, in a lot greater detail, um, he does seem to be, you know, Batman and not Robin. 
um, your, your go-to guy, somebody who can put the ball in the hoop, um, absolute focal point on offense, uh, and somebody can just get you the bucket. And that's what we've needed. We've probably got too many Robins on this team, and we need somebody to be that very focal point. So um, best best you know player in the college game, uh, you can't ask any more than that. The kid's only 19, for heaven's sake. Um, 250 pounds, I believe he is. Uh, shoot the ball. Uh, he's everything we we wanted really. Um, and I've got to touch upon the uh, the second round draft pick as well, uh, Caleb uh, Houston. Um, I'm quite impressed with looking at his stats as well because we didn't really do any sort of a deep dive into the the later part of the first round or the second round. Um, again, tall. He's kind of a three and D guy. Shot the ball well um, in high school, 41% from three, uh, 38% in college, uh, six for eight, as I said, uh, 18 years old. So, um, and, and he's also, um, he, he went to Montverde Academy in Orlando. So, um, you know, locality wise, he knows the area. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can bring too. Yeah, absolutely. Connell, you said it last night before we, uh, before we got into the draft, you weren't nervous, but you were uh, you were you were putting all your trust in the front office that they were going to make the right pick, regardless. So I think we were all in the Jabari Smith camp, but uh, like G, are you excited for Bancaro now? He's uh, a magic player. Well, that's I think my words were I'm excited, but I'm in no way nervous because the trust that yeah. we've built up in Weltman over the moves he's made over the past few years meant that we could have taken anyone. And I'd have been happy with it. And I mean, it shows as soon as he started his presser last night after the pick was made, before he took any questions, he said, I know there's been reports that we've, you know, never made contact with Paolo. We've actually had multiple points of contact with Bancaro, which kind of goes back to what Jonathan said at the beginning. We have no clue and we'll never have no clue. And our front office is probably one of the, if not the best at this, at keeping things under wraps. Like you say, the odds were shifting on the day where, you know, Jabari Smith was, Smith Jr. was very heavy favourite, and then it turned out being Paolo, you know, Woj didn't know, we didn't know, nobody knew, but Weltman knew and Weltman's always going to know. So when you look at, you know, the scouting reports before the draft happened, it seemed that the consensus was the most NBA ready guy was Paolo. And I think that's probably what's kind of played into their decision making. It's a smart pick mm-hmm. because Chet was always going to be a risk. And I feel like with the injury record that we've had, his kind of medical issues that he might have, his frame, you know, taking that step up to the NBA, We'd have been a lot more nervous, I think, going into next season with Chet than we're going to be with Paolo. I feel like we're all very comfortable with him. He's shown what he can do at college. Like you say, one of the best college basketball players, if not the best college basketball player last year. Duke provide so many good NBA prospects. They've got a great record. Weltman's got a great record. And I think it will help the Magic's record next season. And the kids only 19. The kid's only yeah. 19. He's, 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 a, he's, he's younger just... than me. That's the thing. He's younger than me, which is crazy to think that guys younger than me are getting drafted now. But, um, you know, I've two more years I've got to declare. So there's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to love um, what Jeff Weltman's done in the, you know, you look back at the magic, what, five, six years ago when they took that photo and we um, signed somebody to a 10-day contract and behind them they had the whiteboard with all the, um, you know, the, the targets. And you, you think now about the team and what Weltman's bringing. Um, and I think there was a quote uh, overnight. We said, if you play poker, you don't show your hand. And I really like that. Um, the, the bet, you know, uh, Vegas couldn't pick who it was. 
going back and forth. Um, Mikey, we said in the in, the, in our little group, but I think Schmeichel J. Fox, um, he um, used to work at a, a betting company in the UK, and he was basically saying the um, the way they're reacting, they don't know what's happening, and that's just so nice to have, you know, that cloak and dagger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, it's been announced today that Bankero is going to wear number five. Uh, obviously, there's a certain player who's been wearing number five, who uh, has now said he's going to be wearing number 11, which he wore back in high school, Mr. Bamba. Uh, how do, I was going to go to this later on, but it kind of it kind of feeds in well. Jonathan, how, how does that make you feel about the potential of bringing Mo back? Because... I mean, it, is, it doesn't it doesn't sit well, does it? Really, doesn't exude, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, instill a lot of confidence. I, I, that's kind of what I would say. Uh, I, I still, uh, I, not to get into this conversation too much, but I, I do still like the idea of bringing Mo Bamba back as a as a reasonably priced backup. Uh, I find it hard to believe that just kind of within hours of Paolo getting drafted, he and Mo Bamba were talking and agreed on a price that Paolo would pay for number five, or maybe this was something that Bamba already had planned that he was going to go from five to 11. I don't think that there was anyone on the magic that wore 11 last year. So I don't know if maybe he was hoping that James Ennis was going to come back. I think he was the last (laughs) one to wear 11 for the magic. So maybe he was kind of holding off on to see if, you know, James was going to be with the magic before he decided to go to five, but yeah, it doesn't, uh, doesn't instill a ton of confidence in me that Mo Bamba will be back. But it could mean nothing. It could be. It could be. Uh, now I've had time to think about it. Like last night, it's a bit difficult because you're trying to host the, the watch party and you're watching the picks come in. I've got like a 30-second lag over everyone else, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I found out later. But um, yeah, at the time, I was kind of, the, the pick come in and then you're kind of thinking, well, when are we going to make the trade? Because that was, that was the next thing, wasn't it? You're thinking, well, Houston take Jabari. Chet was always going to go to OKC, or it certainly felt that way. You're thinking, well, when's this trade going to happen? I sat here for an hour <laughs> after we've made the pick, thinking, when's this going to happen? It never came. And then obviously the Magic were tweeting out, like, welcome to Orlando and all the other stuff. And uh, mm. yeah, now I've had time to think about it. You want to pay, you want to take the best player available at the top of the draft, regardless. And I think had we have not maybe had Wendell had such a good season, then you could have made a bit more of an argument for taking Chet. But Bankero is the best player available. Um, Jabari felt like a more natural fit next to Franz and Wendell, but we needed that go-to score. We needed that number one option who can go out, go out and get us a bucket every night. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see how he plays with faults this season because that's a scary thought offensively. It's a scary thought offensively. Um, have you guys sort of had a quick think about where, and this is really early on, but have you had to think about where the magic might go with the starting five next season? That's, it might be early, but that's all I've been doing today. That's all I've been it's thinking about. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. absolutely. So, well, so first of all, everyone's like, okay, well, what does this mean for Jonathan Isaac? So if you look at the way that the magic handled Markel's return last season, is he immediately went to the bench and just kind of you know, ramped up his minutes towards the end of the season. So I think this gives the Magic an excuse that no matter what they wanted to do, now they can start Paolo night one. He's the number one pick in the draft. I, mean, I can't think of the last time the number one pick in the draft didn't start 
on opening night. Maybe, maybe it was Markel. I don't know if he was having the shoulder issues at that point. However, now you can say, all right, we're just going to bring Jonathan back. If he's ready for opening night, that's still kind of a question up in the air. Uh, Kobe Price reported on that today that they're you know, still not putting timetables on on uh, on Jonathan Isaac and his return. But you can say we're going to bring Jonathan back kind of slowly. We'll start Paolo. So for me, it's Markel at the one. Suggs, it might be Cole Anthony, but I would lean towards Jalen Suggs at the two. Franz Wagner, Paolo Bancaro, and Wendell Carter Jr. And that gets me so freaking excited if that's our starting five opening night. Give me Jalen or Cole at the two. Like, Cole might give you a little bit more offense. Jalen will give you a little bit more defense. And and we're ready. We're like, we're ready to compete for a play in. You know, we might flirt with it. I don't want to say we'll make it, but we should be in that conversation come March and April. We shouldn't be talking about the draft in February next year. Yeah. I was just going to say, I absolutely agree with Jonathan. Everything he said there um, in terms of the starting lineup, that's who I'd pick, those five. But, you know, if you're going for defense, then, you know, you can. Well, you wouldn't want to switch Suggs out, but you could insert Isaac in there with Wagner, uh, Wendell, and uh, Paolo. Um, and that's a really tall, long team then, isn't it? There's and so no many, team uh, ever scored again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary said it last last week, didn't he? Team, teams might be playing us and, and winning or losing 1-0. <laughs> that might be what yeah. it comes down to next year. But um, I think... No, I... I, I th- Go on, Connell. I was just going to say, I think you look at that team and you look at the average age of that team. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's very, very young. And even though we're maybe not com- obviously competing for a championship at the minute, you'd much rather be in our position than a team who's looking at the playing or maybe a first round exit or an eight seed. I think being the Orlando Magic right now is a far more exciting prospect than being one of those teams who's realistically not going to make it far in the playoffs, like we were maybe a few years ago. Um where you know we had a decent enough squad to make the playoffs, but we weren't realistically going to challenge for a title. I feel like the squad we've got now, they're so young. The ceilings are so high. You look at Sook, you look at Bankero, the trajectory that Wendell's on last season, Franz Wagner, Markel Fultz, who's coming back. That's our entire starting five who've managed to get us excited about being extreme prospects. Even if they all don't live up to their absolute maximum ceiling, this team will be surpassing these you know, playing early exit teams in a couple of years easily. So I think, you know, if people are going to still ignore the magic and say, oh, well, you know, you, you're going to have a bad record, you're not going to make the playoffs. Realistically, I think they'd rather be us than them because we've got real prospects in our organisation and it's an exciting future. Was it earlier this week ESPN announced their uh, rankings ahead of the season and they had us yeah. 30th? They, yeah. they, it's just to a, their it's credit, just a, they said much too early, and and it was yeah. it was it was too early. And another example that they don't watch the magic either, but um, <laughs> we don't need to go into that because we know it's obvious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's. Uh, so we know Paolo's obviously going to raise the uh, the floor of this team already based on his his ability offensively, and I think leading up to the draft. The, the top three was so close that everybody was just finding little things to nitpick on on the three players just to try and create that little bit of separation. Um, and, and I think Paolo's probably better uh, defensively than people give him credit for, especially if you put him next to players like Suggs, who's going who's gonna to stay on his ass to uh, make sure he's not taking plays off and, uh, and, and doing the right thing. He's got a lot to learn on that end of the floor. But... Um, 
Let's go on to the second round pick. Obviously, yesterday before the draft, earlier in the day, the Magic sent the 35th overall pick to the Los Angeles Lakers in a trade for a 2028 second round pick and our favourite thing, cash considerations. Oh, yeah. Um, I've already had G's thoughts last night. I want to get uh, Jonathan's reactions first. What did you think as soon as you saw that come in? Were you as angry as Geraint, the fact that we were helping out the LA Lakers? Well, th- thankfully for us, uh, the LA Lakers need a whole lot more help than the thirty, you know, thirty fifth pick <laughs> yeah. in the draft. You know, that's I don't think it's going to be a game changer for them. Luckily for us, um, but yeah, no, I, I wasn't all that upset about it. I figured that at that point it meant that they had kind of exhausted all options trying to trade back up into the first with those two picks. I know a lot of us had, had kind of hoped that they would be able to do that. And to me, that was like, okay, well, then, you know, we're, we're most likely not able to get back into the first, at least not with those two picks being the package. I thought there was still a potential that maybe Terrence Ross could get moved and maybe it's Terrence Ross and 32 and, you know, maybe a future second or something and you can move up into the end part of the first round. But none of that really came to fruition. Like G talked about, end up with the kid, you know, Caleb Houston. I haven't looked too much into him, but I know his reputation is kind of that three and D guy playing underneath Juwan Howard at Michigan. Um, 18 years old, like you said, played at Montvert Academy, you know, near Orlando. Uh, the biggest thing I watched just some of his tape last night, six, eight moves really, really well for a six, eight guy, uh, very quick release, you know, good form, um, you know, only 35% from the three point line. But, uh, you know, I think here he's not really going to be doing as much like moving um, or shooting on the move as he did at Michigan. A lot of like just coming off of, you know, different actions that they ran in in transition. If he plays for the magic this year, the Orlando magic, that is, um, I think he'll mostly just kind of be like a spot up guy, but uh, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what we did in the the second round. Um, You know? Yeah. You hate doing business with the Lakers if you can avoid it, but I I don't think it's really consequential. Yeah. Connell. Were you uh, yeah. surprised not to see Terrence Ross move last night? Yeah, well, we spoke about it a little bit in the watch party, didn't we? About, you know, using him as a piece while we still can. Maybe, you know, the Stephen Adams trade that we spoke about potentially. But um, I'd always, even before, you know, earlier on in the season, I thought that we wouldn't see him make it this far. And um, the fact that he's still with us is still surprising to me. And don't get me wrong, I love Terrence Ross. He's actually one of my favourite players on the team. You know, we've had him for so long now that you do grow to love the guys. But um yeah, I, th- I thought we'd have moved him and I thought we would have tried to move up into that first round. I wasn't too upset about losing that second round pick and I think partially that's because we had 32 as well. So realistically, if we drafted two second round players, how many of them are really going to, are they both going to get an opportunity next season? It's less likely. So if we kind of focus in on that one guy, you know, maybe there wasn't somebody immediately after Caleb who we thought was going to be able to impact the team. So if they thought cast considerations and pushing a pick you know, back a couple of years to see if there's a better option was the right thing. Like I say, I'm always going to trust what they want to do. But um, yeah, Terrence Ross, Mo Bamba, Bol Bol. There's a lot of guys who's kind of up in the air and have been for a while now of what we'll see from the next season. So it'll be interesting how that plays out. Yeah, that that move upset a few people, but the truth was we were never going to go into the season with three rookies on this team. When you, no. when you consider we've already got 10 players, which doesn't include Paolo now. Terence Ross, uh, re-signing Bamba, re-signing Gary Harris. That only really leaves one roster spot open. And if Caleb Houston is that 15th guy, which he may or may not be at this point, we don't know. Um, that, that 
they, they weren't going to keep both picks last night, regardless of what they did. But it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, before we jumped on, uh, the Magic just got done with their introductory press conference where they unveiled Paolo Banquero and Caleb Houston. Uh, any sort of takeaways, guys? It's, it, I think it was just a typical sort of press conference, general questions for the players. Uh, but anything that stood out for you guys, Jonathan? Oh, no, it was just exciting to hear, you know, how excited they both are to be here. You know, I, I think part of the uncertainty that Magic fans had around potentially picking Paolo is, oh, if the guy didn't work out here, then maybe he doesn't want to be here. But he, as soon as I saw his reaction to the pick last night, you know, it just instantly like his head in his, you know, in his hands and, you know, wiping back the tears. It's like, you know, this, this guy wanted to be the number one pick all along. You don't react that way if you don't want to be here. Um, so just he's excited to be here. We're excited to have him. It wasn't a groundbreaking press conference by any means, just kind of run of the mill. But, you know, he's happy to be here. He's ready to get to work. I know that all the guys on the team are excited to meet him and just kind of welcome him with open arms and, and get to work. So two weeks and we're into the summer league and I, I can't wait for that. Absolutely. G? Yeah, a lot of what Jonathan just said, uh, standard run of the mill uh, press conference, really. They said the right things. Uh, they didn't say too much. Um, the only other bit of information we did get from it is we've got confirmation that both Paolo and Caleb will be participating uh, at Summer League for us. So, um, no, generally very happy um, and uh, good to see them in Orlando and hopefully they can get get to work soon. Yeah, absolutely. So we are less than two weeks away now from NBA Summer League, which is in Las Vegas, home of the Raiders. Uh, starts on Thursday the 7th. I just had to throw that in there. Thursday the 7th of July, uh, where we play the Houston Rockets, which is a nice early 3 a.m. tip-off for us in the UK. Um, How are you? Are you guys going to stay up and watch that? Like, Or are you going to record that, watch yeah. it the next morning? Jonathan, right? I'm. I've had four hours sleep, and I will not be doing this for a while. I can tell yeah. you that. Yeah. If it, do you know what? It just it makes you feel hungover, and the older you get, the worse it, it gets. Really does. That's how I feel today. I feel like I've been drinking all night, but yeah, instead absolutely. it was just like fantasizing about Paolo Bancaro, you know, <laughs> running pick and roll with Wendell and hitting Franz Wagner in the corner for an open three. You know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be our first chance to see Paolo and Caleb suit up in magic colors. And uh, head coach Jamal Mosley gave a one word response earlier. Somebody asked him if they were going to play in summer league. And he just said yes and started laughing as if it wasn't going to happen. Um, obviously, we'll be taking on Jabari Smith, Jalen Green and the Rockets. So that's going to be a tasty first opening game to uh, summer league. Are we... Uh, how are we feeling about that? I don't, I don't think it's really a better game we could start off with. Really. I wanted to ask the two of you, are you, are you all, well, the three of you, sorry. Are, are we all looking forward to Jabari torching the magic twice a year for like the next 10 years? <laughs> that, hadn't he, even, that hadn't even entered my mind until you said that. And now uh, I know, I out. know he's going to want to prove them wrong. He, he was definitely he, unhappy that he didn't go one. Yeah. I was he about look, to say he that. Did he look could, sad. You, could, you could see on his face, even when he got selected and he was walking up, I don't think he looked happy at all because he was probably looking at the odds himself thinking, oh, brilliant, I'm going to be the number one pick here today. But um, you could tell that he kind of thought he deserved that, which isn't a good thing to someone coming in playing against the team that he feels should have drafted him with that fire in his belly. That's not what we need. 
Um, but like you say, look, at we've got defending on our team now. We're going to be fine. He's going to be single digits every time we play them. So we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this. Hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> I don't know if he's a listener to uh, Penny Fever thoughts, but <laughs> no, <who knows>? I'm <laughs> not sure. <laughs> It's unlikely. It's unlikely. So, uh, so after the opening night, we've got uh, the Sacramento Kings on Saturday, the 9th of July, which is a nice early 9 p.m. tip off for us. We'll, we'll, we can cope with that uh, against Keegan Murray. Then we play the OKC Thunder Chet Holmgren on Monday, the 11th of July, which is a 2 a.m. tip off. And then they will finish Summer League against the New York Knicks, which is Thursday, the 14th of July, a half 12 tip off in the morning which is fantastic um, no sarcasm involved at all um obviously that that houston game is going to be a bit tasty is there i i can't remember without looking i'm, I'm only doing this on four hours sleep but uh i know yesterday they were starting to confirm players that were going to be playing in the summer league is there any other notable players that you guys can remember uh, Devin Kennedy, I think, is uh, is going to be playing for the summer league team, if I'm not mistaken. I know last night he joined Dante and and David Steele and those guys on the pro on the broadcast at Amway, um, and was was telling they had Paolo on there as well, and he was telling him, you know, I'll see you in 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 Vegas. So, um, I spoke with Jalen last night, and he said that he's not playing summer league, but he'll, they're all going to go to Vegas. A lot of the guys from the team to just kind of be there to support them. So I don't know if Devin is part of that group or if he's going to be playing, it wouldn't surprise me if Dem Devin played in summer league. On, on that note, Jonathan, congratulations on getting Jalen on the podcast. That is quite a coup. Fair play to you. Um, and I listened to it this morning. Superb as always. Thank how you. How was he though? How, how, he how was, I mean, sometimes you you think that like you, you kind of know how someone's going to be in person. And I, I really felt like he was going to be very kind and down to earth. And that's exactly what he was. You know, he, he didn't not any kind of ego or anything like that for whatever reason. So we did a, a draft reaction video last year. So when Scotty Barnes was to pick at four. Everyone in Amway freaked out because we knew we were getting Jalen Suggs and we were so excited. And the night of the draft, that he's just scrolling through Twitter or whenever that video came out a few days later, and he saw it and was just super excited and uh, like he retweeted it. Just seeing everyone react to him being the guy was just like you know it really meant a lot to him. So uh, we we get got in contact like shortly after that time and it just kind of reached out to him every now and then like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. would love to have you on the podcast sometime, you know, kind of thing. And he had mentioned that he would like to at some point, but during the season, they're very busy. And last night, my wife and I are, are driving to Orlando and he sends us a, a message like, Hey, I'm going to be there tonight. Would love to meet you guys. And we're like, did he send this to the right, the right people? Like <laughs> you realize that we just like run a podcast. Right. So um, we were in the middle of recording last night um, up in the the ozone, like the upper level of uh, Amway Center. And he's like, hey, like, you know, come on down to the, the tunnel. We'd like to meet you guys. So we like stopped, ran all the way down and we're talking to him. I'm like, Jalen, I'm like, uh, you want to just come up for like a few minutes? Like kind of like half kidding. And he's like, let's go. And he, he came up and was just awesome. It's, you know, I'm very biased about the team. I know we all are. Um, but it, it makes me really proud that we can root for an organization where just time and time again, you meet people and you build relationships with them and you find out that they are actually genuinely very good people. 
And to me, that just makes me so much more proud to root for the organization that we all love. And just to find, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. You know, you kind of hear that, but like I keep meeting my heroes with this team and they're Mm -hmm. all fantastic human beings. So it was that, that was my biggest takeaway from meeting with Jalen. Like it was really cool for the podcast, but just a normal guy, you know, like he just happens to have an extraordinary job, but just a, a, a great kid. Uh, it was very kind to us. Was was very nice to my wife that was with us. Just just a, a heck of a kid. We, we've had our we've had compliments, but you didn't have to call us your heroes, mate. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you guys are number one. Like I was like, yeah, you know, Jalen Suggs, great having on the podcast, but I I got to jump on Penny for your thoughts. So there you go. There you know, you I go. love you guys. I, I'm not Absolutely. I'm not shy about that at all. Absolutely, man. So uh, we got what. We got uh, free agency actually starts before we get to, fr- to before do, do we, we even get, get to summer league. Do never, we ever get a never. break? Oh we my just gosh. need to keep turning these episodes over every single week. Um, <laughs> it just gives us something else to to get out there. Uh, you guys are probably the same. Like since since the lottery, like our numbers have just shot up with like every episode we've been doing. Why people want to tune in and listen to us waffle on every single week, I have no <laughs> idea, but uh, they do. <laughs> They do indeed. But yeah, we've got free agency, uh, which starts on Thursday, the 30th of June. Kicks off at 11 o'clock for us in the UK. Uh, the Magic have really got four main players that they either need to take care of or make decisions with. We've got Mobamba and Bolbo, our restricted free agents, and Gary Harris and Robin Lopez, our unrestricted free agents. Uh, I'll go to Connell. Any sort of either any of those players you want to bring back? Any of them you think are going to come back? Um, I think Mo Bamba at the right price. Uh, the only thing I fear that obviously we're not going to bring him back as a starter. Um, so will another team want to pay more for Mo Bamba than we want to pay for him? Probably yes. That's how I see it. It's going to be a shame to see him go because I remember it was when I first started kind of getting the ball rolling back into basketball again. I stayed up after my GCSEs and I watched the Mobamba draft and then I got myself a Mobamba jersey and I was like, right, let's do it. He's going to be the guy. Um, and it's sadly not worked out maybe how we'd have hoped. He's a, you know, he's a great guy and he's a great player, but he's maybe not reached the levels that we thought he was going to. So it'll be sad to see him go because he's another one that he's been around for longer than most of the guys now that you've fallen an attachment to. But I don't think he'll stay. I don't think Bob Ball will stay. You know, I've read on Twitter a lot of talks about him going to X amount of different places. Um, it seemed like he was never really fully kind of involved because obviously he came with an injury. He never really played. When you'd watch, he was always kind of sat at the end of the bench. I don't know if he ever really got the opportunity to integrate himself into that group of players because like you say, we've got a really good group of characters there who I think would kind of welcome him with open arms but maybe the injury and trading halfway through the season sort of thing maybe affected that you know, settling in process a bit adversely. Um, With regards to Gary Harris, he's a guy I like a lot. And also, you know, we spoke about, we weren't going to take on three rookies this year. We need somebody who's a little bit older to guide these. Same with Robin Lopez. I don't think we'll keep Robin Lopez. If it's any of the four that you've just mentioned, I think it will be Gary Harris. Um, I think he's debatably the best player of the four. And he's got that experience. Um, that Bamba and Bolbol don't have. And if you want to fill a roster spot with a guy who's going to teach the young guys, you know, Gary Harris has shown that not only is he going to act in that kind of mentor role for them, he can also play well and get us a bucket. So I'd, I'd like us to keep him just because I like him. Yeah, absolutely. Jonathan, what do you want to see happen in free agency? 
I would like to see us bring Mo Bamba back just at the right price. I think I'm kind of with Connell. It's just, you know, I, you don't want to overpay for him. You don't want another team to give him this outrageous, you know, offer sheet. And then the magic match that just to kind of keep the asset because then it turns into, oh, how do we flip this around if we need to? I don't think I'm so concerned with that because this front office has proved that they do a really good job with structuring contracts and making sure that, Whenever we need to, you know, we can get out of this contract and trade these guys. You know, we saw it happen with Al Farouk Aminu. You know, he's just kind of a throw-in to the Vucevic deal. But, you know, you, you get off of the $25 million a, a year for Vuce as much as we loved him. And then you got off of the, the Al Farouk Aminu contract as well. So I would like to see Mo Bamba back, but it will not, be, it will not surprise me if he is not back. Um, Bull Bull and Robin Lopez, I'd be surprised if those guys are back. Um, one thing... And I think part of the excitement with Jabari is that, all right, we are going to finally add shooting. So Paolo, I think, can evolve as a three-point shooter, but he's not quite there right now. So more than ever, I think there's going to be a premium on shooting for this roster. And we can't get rid of those Gary Harris corner threes. You know, we need, we need those to stick around a little bit longer. So um, if yeah. he wants to be here, I think for me, that kind of moves as priority number one in terms of our free agency dealings keep Gary Harris, even if you have to overpay him for, you know, a, a year or, or, or two years, whatever the case may be. Um, if not, I mean, then you just go ahead and, and start handing out bags to s some of these shooters and see who wants to come and play in Orlando with the number one pick. Yeah. If, uh, if Mo doesn't come back, G now he's been yep. handed the number 11 shirt. Um, who do you, who do you think the magic should target in free agency or maybe via a trade? Oh my gosh, I haven't got a list in front of me, mate. That's put me mate, on the spot. Uh, mate, um, I like putting you on the spot. That's what I'm here for. Can I can I give you some some yeah. uh, some center free you agents? Can, yeah, uh, candidates. I'll help you out here. Uh, Yusuf <laughs> Nurkic, obviously DeAndre Ayton. That's still kind of up in the air. Serge Ibaka, uh, Thomas Bryant. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, Avika Zubats. Uh, he has a, a team option, so we'll see what they do there. Uh, then let's get to the unrestricted free agents: Javale McGee, Robin Lopez. Gorgie Jang, Dwight Howard. We can have that conversation, maybe. <laughs> Ed Davis, Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drummond, Dwayne Dedman. Um, and then uh, we start to get to some of the other candidates. Bull Bull, Tony Bradley, Isaiah Hartenstein, Mitchell Robinson, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, quite a bit. Not really any high-profile centers out there, maybe outside of DeAndre Ayton. But, uh, yeah, quite a few options there. Yeah. There are, there are. Um, a couple of good names there. I mean, the first one you said, Nurkic. Uh, I love Yusuf Nurkic, but he's he's a starting caliber centre, isn't he? So uh, I, I can't see us going after him, unfortunately. Uh, and as you guys have mentioned before, you know, shooting's going to be a premium. And I, I think we'll concentrate our, uh, you know, our money on trying to perhaps keep Gary Harris uh, or even, like you said, uh, pay Mo Bamba, but only so much. Um, so looking at that list, you know, Robin Lopez doesn't seem such a bad option to bring back off the bench as a mentor. Um, you also mentioned Dwight Howard. Um, we're going full circle there, aren't we? Um, I think he could bring something. I really do. But, you know, I, I think the, uh, the front office has made the decision in that, you know, we're, we're done with that. We've moved on. That's the past. Let's leave it where it is. Uh, but, you know, he, he's a very capable player, uh, even in limited minutes. 
Georgi Jeng, um, again, he could give you some minutes off the bench. So plenty of options there. If you were to say to me, who would you want out of those? My gosh. The problem is you've got to define a role for them. Um, you know, okay, let me Mitchell- ask. You a, let me ask you a slightly different question then, because uh, Jonathan already said this earlier that it looks at the moment like Ji is going to come off the bench. So, is there any big men there that you think is going to complement playing with Ji? I know that's not necessarily like top of the list of priorities, but just, just. Uh, I, I don't think it's think something. About. Yeah, I don't think this summer is is the uh, is the summer to you know. Um, go after th- that backup centre. If you know what I mean. If if you can bring Mo Bamba back, give him another, give him another run. Um, another name from that Mitchell Robinson. I like him a lot. Uh, he he can do it all. He's a, he's an animal. But again, he'd probably want starters minutes. So you're probably looking if you're trying to bring somebody back cheap. You you are probably looking at Robin Lopez or maybe a Dwayne Deadman who can spread the floor because he's developed a three point shot um, in recent years. Um, so yeah, difficult question, and and that's why we're you know that's why we're not paid the big bucks like the front office is. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Connell, you want to add anything to that? Anybody there? Uh, I mean, th- th- like you say, it's not something that I've even really kind of thought about, especially with the Jonathan Isaac thing. And like what G said, this year's probably not the year. I feel like this year is going to be very much another developmental year where we're trying to spread the minutes more between the young guys rather than focusing on trying to go all out to win every single game with that backup centre. I think that's just the reality of it. By the time it gets to the end of the season, we might find ourselves in a position where we aren't trying to win every single game. It could happen. So trying to, you know, throwing a load of money at a backup centre that's going to try and help us push for, you know, to compete for the playoffs to play and something like that. I don't think that's this season. So, you know, a lot of these guys we're talking about are older guys who might settle for a one-year contract, like Robin Lopez, for example. I think it makes sense for a one-year contract to an older guy who's going to be able to take up that mentor role, who can kind of go into practice and beat up Wendell Carter, basically, and, you know, keep giving him tough sessions where they're going to teach him how to play in the league against, you know, an experienced vet. So I don't know which name it is, but I think it needs to be that type of player. And I think it'll be next year or potentially the year after that we think about Right, Wendell's got another year or two under his belt. He's really come on. Now who's going to back him up? And Wendell's really the main guy who doesn't need mentoring as much. Uh, and those roles can kind of reverse. And then we've got somebody who's going to come and make more of an impact. Yeah. I, I want to see somebody a little bit younger than Robin Lopez. I, I love Robin Lopez. And I think he's a great vet to bring back in the locker room for, for all these young players to have around. But if we're going into next season with him as our backup centre... When you think Wendell's not play, Wendell's spent what the last two three years struggling with injuries. This year he's had a, his his best year. I think he played what sixty two games this season off the top of my head. He still missed like fifteen twenty games this year. So to me, you want somebody who's a little bit more durable to play that backup centre role. I'm not saying like throw big money at them, but you need somebody there that you can rely on to to step in when we need to, whether it's like you said, even like somebody like Gorgie Jeng, he's just going to fill a role, um, whether he's he's that guy, I don't know. But anyway, moving on, because we've already covered a lot already. Um, just a quick thank you to everybody who joined us last night for, uh, for our watch party on Zoom. We had about, on average, 25, 30 of you guys with us throughout the entire night. We had Meg... Um, 
Meg and Rob, who joined us from the Barclays Centre, who were actually at the draft, and they jumped on with us for, for five, ten minutes last night. We had Alan Anthony from the Ozone Pod. They jumped on and said, hey, uh, our friend Kyle from uh, View from the Cheap Seats, the YouTube channel, he jumped on. He was also at the Amway Centre last night, and he's actually posted a, a game, sorry, not game day, a, a draft vlog from going to the going to the watch party last night and he did a tour of the locker rooms and the practice facility and they bumped into Chuma Okiki, RJ Hampton when they're doing the rounds so that was quite cool and then in the middle of it he's like oh and I and I made an appearance on on the Magic UK watch party and he's put the most gormless screenshot of me <laughs> possible he could not have picked a worse one to have stuck on there so uh thanks that Carl appreciate that but no thank you for jumping on um yeah we, we had a great night um we are doing a, a, a t-shirt giveaway we've just launched a new online store we've got some different designs we're going to be adding more to that over the coming weeks and months um i did a quick draw before we jumped on so we're going to give away three t-shirts to tom Sone, callum dixon and steve warburton who joined us last night so we'll get in touch with you guys send us your uh shirt sizes and what color you want us to order and we can get those out to you as a as a thank you for for getting involved with us um but yeah i, I think that wraps it all up um i think we're all pretty tired it's been a long a long week yeah. lots going on we've had and um, we got more to come we've got free agency next week we're gonna have summer league in two weeks time and then it won't be long and then uh we'll be in orlando with jonathan having some beers I, I can't tell and, uh, you guys how excited I am about that, by the way. Like we've you know been talking on social media for years now, sure. but I just keep telling my wife, like, I'm really, truly excited for you guys to come over and finally get to meet you guys. Super excited. Before we go, the last time that we talked about doing a podcast, there was a little, a little, not a wager, but kind of a deal that you all would give your best American accent and then I would give my best British accent. So are we up for doing that today? Do we want to try to give that a go or would, do we want to save ourselves the embarrassment? Let us practice for a bit. Uh, okay. then, uh, the next time. We'll do it next time. That is the biggest cop out I've ever heard. But, uh, I mean, I was going to say I've, I've had four years of practice, so I should probably keep my head down. <laughs> Yeah, so this this is the first time Jonathan and uh, Connell have met each other yeah, properly, pleasure. formally. It is, so, yeah. I've been... You 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 lived in Orlando for a while, and you've uh, got a few little oh, stories awesome. that you can share with with Jonathan. Um, yeah, I lived in Orlando from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. Um, I lived in well, I lived in Windermere, um, right? If yeah, Orlando, yeah, yeah, Orlando ish. Close, close enough. I don't, yeah, it was like 10 minutes away from Disney. So when I was like, right. when well, I was six to when I was 10, it was a good place to live. But um, yeah, I used to um, go to school with a couple of kids of the Magic players at the time. So Jason Williamson, he was in my class at school. Um, Shaq's kids went there. Jimmy oh, wow. Anderson's kids, stuff like that's that. That's awesome. So that's kind of where my basketball involvement comes no, that's from. All, yeah. I love that. That's that's sick. With With the accent thing, obviously... Well, well trained in my American accent. Right. I think. I'm actually, I'm actually going to be well, hopefully moving back in a couple of years anyway. To, oh, cool! To go to UCF oh, um, nice. to to continue my studies over there once I finish awesome. university in England. So I love it. I'm sure, there'll be plenty more meetups on the cards. A lot Definitely. of content to be made. A lot of content Absolutely. to be made. I love it. Yeah, look forward good, to it. Good times. 
And uh, and the last thing, uh, we also had, he, he, I don't even think he's British necessarily, but we had Jeremy Soshan, who went, I think, 10th last night in the draft, mm. who actually started playing basketball in Southampton when he was younger, which is literally like an hour's drive from where I live. And uh, and then he went and played Milton Keynes for a couple of years and then uh, yeah, right. went wow. to the States, went to college, and now he's uh, a lottery pick, which is pretty crazy. So uh and then and there was something on NBA UK earlier with him with his British accent just answering daft questions, but um that's quite mm. funny. But yeah, some uh, some British ties finally in uh in in uh in the NBA at last. But uh anyway, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Jonathan, thank you thank you very much for joining us. Uh we really appreciate you giving us your time, man. Thank always, you. Always uh, always a pleasure. Anytime. Do you want to uh, plug your your podcast and your socials for our listeners? Oh, they should be subscribed, but if they're not, yeah, I'm sure you, you are. You, you never know. Um, you know, we we've got a long way to go ourselves. Uh, but yeah, um, if you haven't ever checked this out, you can find us at the show dot com. Uh, we post you know articles. We've got a, a couple of guys that help us. Uh, you know, writing some articles from time to time. Uh, we release episodes every Monday and Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or or Spotify or wherever else. You get your podcasts and then um, all of our podcasts are also on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook um, at the six man show. So you can find us anywhere there. Uh, we'll love to talk to you guys, DM us, you know, comment on our stuff, whatever we try to engage with as many people as possible. We really just love the Orlando magic fan community and uh, just want to see the magic have as many fans as possible for us. That's what it's all about. And, you know, eventually winning a championship before we all die. That would be great. <laughs> so thanks guys i really appreciate you having me absolutely absolutely well like i said we'll we'll uh we'll see you in october we'll uh yes. we'll get organized on some things that we'll we'll do some collabs or something when we're over there but uh thank you as always for uh listening and watching you can follow us on facebook instagram tiktok and twitter or at orlando magic uk visit our website orlandomagicuk.com so from garen connell jonathan and myself until next week go magic